Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, it's Ron Young from Little Caesar, and you're listening to Cobras and Fire. And remember, rock is not dead. Chain, 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 show here ron young lead singer little caesar and the cruzados uh how is my favorite avocado farmer holding up these days oh doing great the weather's getting good the avocados are starting to bloom um i'm getting to go out of the house more and more get to make (laughs) music so life is getting much better Now, can can do you now know? Last time we talked, you you said you had no fucking clue. I believe was your exact words. How do you tell if an avocado is ripe? Have we have you got any further with that or not? No, still no fucking clue. All right, right on. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just grow them. I don't even. I don't know when they're ready to be picked. Somebody comes and tells me. I, <laughs> it's just you know I, I got enough. Just keeping the water going to them. Wow. Keeping it fertilized. Yeah, I don't. 
Yeah, I'm afraid if I get too far into it, I'll need like a 12 step program. So I'm just keeping it safe distance. So do you, do you enjoy avocado toast? Uh, I have not even tasted even one of my avocados. Yeah, I think you said that last time. Too. Yeah, yeah, and and the record still holds. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, uh, what about this? How many bags of gasoline do you have uh, hoarded up there? Well, I had several, but they all seem to disintegrate and go onto the ground. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. This country has a major problem with its plastic bags. Problem is not the gasoline. The problem is with our plastic bags. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, well I'll just kind of recap a little bit, because last time that, that uh, we talked, um, it was it was kind of towards the early days of the lockdown. It was, it was roughly this time last year. Um, and we had used a nine-point thing that, that you had laid out on, on your own Facebook page on why live music was not going to be returning rapidly as, as some people may have hoped, um, right. which in hindsight was basically pretty spot on. I, I wanted to, uh, and honestly, some of it, when you read through it all now, it almost seems redundant and kind of obvious, but at the time, nobody was saying it. Um, yeah. You, you, well, let, let me just get hit at a couple things here. You pointed out how... how uh, the isolation that they wanted us to do right away, you know, that whole two weeks to flatten the curve kind of stuff. Right. Um, that was really only just to kind of control things. It wasn't going to, like, make things all better in a couple of weeks. And, and you also predicted correctly, again, in hindsight, looks, you know, almost obvious, but, like, a lot of small venues did actually shut down permanently in the last year. Um, yeah. you, any wisdom you'd like to share with us going forward in the last year and, and how things are going to be looking, I don't know, for the, the next year or so? Well, you know, now we're starting to get into the nuances of like people asking for proof of vaccination. Yeah. And then, um, well, can, can I stop you on that? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, as far as like, there's different scenarios, like, like my work requires, you know, that, that you give them a copy of it. I'm not so sure I want to do that to get into a concert. Um, yeah, but why not? Okay. Why, what, what, what would bother, if you've gone through the trouble of getting the vaccination, the reality is, is these, these are discussions of libertarian type principles, whether people have the right to pry into you. Now, that would be fine if it was an individual freedom. But unfortunately, what we're discussing has to do with the well-being of people around you. So that sort of nullifies the ability to claim that this is personally prime yeah. with absolutely no validation for the reasoning other than to get information on you, control you, whatever it is that the, the people who are uncomfortable with that. So for me, it's like, uh, okay, for the greater good of society to find out who is now we, we need to back up a step the reality is is that people are doing this not to control anybody it's to prevent them from being sued <laughs> that's why they're doing it <laughs> the motivation is not for the greater good of the community it's because nobody wants to potentially let somebody in that it could be traced that due to their lack of oversight wound up becoming some sort of super spreader event, which eventually led to even one person's death or serious illness. So that's the reason why they're asking for it. Yeah. Now, 
if they want to relinquish those liabilities, which some people claim, but the same people that claim that, as soon as they something happens to them, they're the first one that calls a, a lawyer to sue somebody. So, you know, it, it, it really kind of comes down to, like, I just was on a plane, and a guy refused to wear a mask. And he was hammered before he got on the plane, him and his wife, got on the plane, <laughs> refused to put his mask on. Um, this flight attendant, who happened to be black, was telling him, listen, I mean, they made, they gave him one at the gate. They told him we're going to have to wear it. His excuse was that he planned on continuing to drink alcohol the fl- whole flight, so he technically doesn't have to wear it. Well, after a couple of times being told to wear the mask, the flight attendant said, you know, dude, you're out of here. So long story short, he says, you can, you can get up and leave the plane now, or there's two policemen outside the plane. So the guy leaves the plane, and as he's leaving, he goes, the only reason why you're hassling me is because of this Black Lives Matter bullshit. And the whole <laughs> plane goes, the whole plane groans, like, uh. really, really had to go there, you know? So He, he didn't bring up, up Antifa? Up, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and, I mean, the guy was just pissed off and angry. And, and drunk. So the, the plane, and drunk, the plane, and they told him, if you wait your mask for the rest of the flight, we're still not going to serve you any alcohol. You're too inebriated, blah, blah, blah. All pissed off. So the plane finally takes off. I go to use the bathroom. The flight show's standing. I was like, dude, sorry you have to go through that. He goes, oh, you have no idea. He goes, it's it's out of control. It's like almost every flight now we have somebody like that. He goes, but the interesting thing, this is the third flight in two days he's been thrown off of. So, and then oddly enough, the next wow. day I read this article in a newspaper about how it's up like 1500%. So people are really worked up and they're riled up about this. And it seems to be a political thing because when they poll people consistently through various different polling sources, that like 53% of the Republicans aren't going to get a vaccine where it's like 97% of Democrats. <laughs> so that tells me that it somehow became a political thing. It did. Oh, and yeah, of course. we don't even have to discuss why that got yeah, away. I think that. we actually covered that last time we talked. Yeah. So it's gotten to the point where, you know, for the greater good, things like airlines, and I know cruises are talking about it. I know in California, the new updated um, lockdown releases for things like concerts or any mass gatherings, which I think is like 500 and up, people, they, they say that people are going to have to show proof of vaccination okay. because they're around too many people and it's too dangerous. So I, of course, on social media have gotten into it with some libertarians, how they're saying it's totally illegal. And I just, because I don't, well, I'm not, not a lawyer. Right. I'm not a lawyer and I'm not an infectious disease expert. So what I generally do in those situations when I'm ignorant to something is I go online and I find a non-biased, just like three different legal websites. Like every legal website I go to is saying that it is legal. Uh, it is it is probably going to be contentious and people will start lawsuits. But at the end of the day, in the terms of there's laws and then there's doctrines. Doctrines are the frameworks that set up the justifications for court findings and no legal expert nothing i could find five pages in was saying that it really 
especially after the Supreme Court ruled that uh, a, a bakery could turn people away for because they didn't agree with their their lifestyle and they wouldn't bake them a gay couple of cake. And it's a private sector industry. Now, it might be different for government. And I'm sure there's probably going to be places where the Republican led you know, government agencies in places like Texas or Arkansas or Mississippi will not ask for such proof. But in all these sort of purple and red and blue states, they say that government, they're going to force their employees, employees to show proof of vaccination in order for them to continue to work at their job if they're in around other workers or the general public. And I don't have a problem with that. I went and got vaccinated. Like I said, I'm a biology major. I've looked into this. I got it. I feel great. I'm just really grateful I get to go play music and everything else. All of the BS that people are talking about, that it messes with your genetic coding and all that. <laughs> That's all nonsense. Um, you know, they're saying that it's untested. That's nonsense. This type of technology has been, you know, has been gone through. The reason why they got the damn thing together so fast is because they've been working on this for about a year. They just coded it and designed the damn thing to be specific for this coronavirus. So, you know, for me, I just can't wait till they ask me for my darn card. And then I see these people going, well, I'm just going to falsify it. And it's like, okay, well, you want to risk whatever the penalties and fines. The guy that got thrown off the plane got greeted with a $15,000 fine when he got off the plane. Mm. So... I know that's going to make people angry and everything, but at some point we have to get back to being a society that has to live amongst each other. And there's zero proof of anything but a 0.0001% issue with the vaccine. And even that stuff hasn't been correlated directly to the vaccine. So right. I just, you know, everyone's screaming about the economy and everything else. Well, the way to do that now that we have a, a, you know, uh, a tool to protect ourselves and to protect others and put this thing in the closet as we are doing in this country more so than any other country is by everybody getting vaccinated that can not because their conspiracy website tells them not to, or their news channel that they choose to watch tells them it's a bad idea, but because the science backs it up. And the, the hundreds of millions of people that have gotten the darn thing with mm -hmm. a 0.00001% problem is enough data for me that for everything to reopen so that these bars can get back to making their living and so that we can get back to our lives. It's like, go get the damn vaccine. There's people in other countries that I know that I'm rolling the dice on come September. I'm going to Europe. Right. You know, they can't get the vaccine fast enough. They have a, had a slower rollout. So by then it should be okay. But we are the test case on this, that it's working really well. And, you know, there's other little subtle factors where the thing to worry about is, you know, whether the virus mutates before we can knock it all the way back. And there's definitely a booster shot coming, which I know is also going to make people's heads explode again. <laughs> And I don't have a problem. We've never with that. heard that term before in our life, by the way. Is this like yeah. right? Exactly. And like, like schools haven't been asking kids for their measles and polio and smallpox vaccinations for thirty years. I mean, come on. It's like 
it just seems like people want to be worked up and angry, like the guy on the plane, for whatever reason. At some point, we've got to put common sense back and look at all this stuff and just go, okay, we finally finally have something that we know really works. Because it's, you know, sort of half-assed math policies, hypocritical math policies, yeah. hypocritical lockdowns. Those, this thing was bigger than any of those things, and we paid the price for it. So it's like, please, people, just get the damn thing, and let's knock this thing back and get back to trying to be coexistent in the society with with the you know the things that we get to enjoy, and stop worrying as to whether, in principle, you being asked as to whether you're possibly going to kill other people that are immunocompromised, really. That 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 power, that principle of legal and libertarian freedoms is so important to you that you're willing to risk risk other people's health and lives. Come on, it's like let let's move on here and try to get back to normal because normal isn't even normal, let alone oh, shit. you know with all this other crap going <laughs> on. I would so. like to clarify my earlier remark. I don't know that I want to like. I'll gladly show it for certain things, um, but and it, 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 I just I don't know. I want to get to where like society's at a certain point. I don't know that I need to. I probably just won't go if, if it requires certain things, you know. But I'll probably. But you know, and you know what? That's your choice. Right, and, right, and right. No, I and, yeah. And, and, yeah you know, I, if people I, don't want to partake in this kind of nonsense. I, I respect that. I don't want to go do. to a concert where I have to wear a mask, for instance, and, and that doesn't mean I don't think masks work. It's just like I want. No, exactly. Who wants to wear a diaper on their face when you're trying to be loose and free and enjoy the music, there and your go. glasses are fogging up, and it's oh my god, it fell off and it <laughs> fell into a puddle of beer, and I got to put it back on, or they're going to kick me out, and oh uh, fuck, you know. And I think we're mess. getting there, but to me, that's the the message that that's being missed with a lot of people that are refusing this stuff. Is that like the the you know because they're like, oh look, suddenly the CDC like well says we don't need to wear a mask. Well, you know why they're saying that? Because the vaccines are working. Exactly. That's what you should hear. In. Not that, Yes, the data is coming in that even if you're vaccinated, yes, you can still get coronavirus. Very very low small amount of viral load is detected, which also means that with that small of a viral load detected, even though you're testing positive, means that you're not a walking petri dish for mutations. So if you've all been vaccinated, you kids are good. You get to get the benefits of making the appointment, doing it twice, waiting two weeks after each one, and now you get the cookie. That should be an incentive for people. That shouldn't be used as some sort of talking point on some sort of propaganda channel to show people that this is tyranny. It's like, <laughs> no, it isn't, dude. It's just common sense and science. It's like everything we hoped for, everything we thought is actually starting to come through for the numbers. And you've been really good. You did, because if, if you went and got the vaccine, you probably were also wearing your mask. You probably also believed as much of the science that you could. Now, don't get me wrong. The CDC, you know, they have had a rough time trying to put out data, and then they get other data that contradicts what they say, so they got to backpedal, and people take that, and they magnify it, yeah. and they misrepresent it, and, you know, oh, Fauci said this, and then Fauci said that, and I, yeah. But you know what? If you back up from it, here's a guy who's been doing this for like 50 damn years. And this is all he's done. 
with Ebola and swine flu and SARS and HIV and all of this. Like all of a sudden he decided to throw away all his, you know, all of this because he's some political guy that wants to make the president look bad. No, he's just telling you this is kind of a weird virus. Most every virus we deal with, everybody gets the symptoms and it's really evident. This one it's got asymptomatic, which complicates everything he said makes sense. And when the data comes in that allows them to change the policy for everybody's benefit, rather than everybody going, yay, I've been vaccinated, I can take off my fucking mask now. You're like, see, now I don't believe anything they say. Because yeah. two weeks ago, and it's like, oh my God, really? You're more invested in the fight than you are the fact that I can go see my grandmother. Oh, my God. In like two months, I can go see a concert, probably without a mask if we keep doing this. It's the easiest. Americans want easy shit. We got the vaccine. It's now easy shit. Go get it. And then it'll disappear. And the kids will go back to school and you get your house back. And it's like, I don't understand this, you know. But whatever, man. People get to do what they want to do. And and I respect it. You know, they're right to do so. Sure. But on the other side, I also, you know, can look at them and go, really, you're really being ignorant here. You're, you're just, you're parroting talking points of people that have <laughs> an other agenda. And the data proves it. The numbers prove it. The life proves it. The things opening prove it. They just seem to keep forgetting that the world doesn't end at L.A. and New York. Every country in the world has adopted 98% of the same reactions, mm-hmm. the same protocols, the same approaches. <clears throat> so if this is some big nefarious thing of a hoax, but is the whole world in on it? Really? You really think that that's more probable than just people didn't want to look bad or we don't have all the information yet or we need to err on the side of caution? No. Everything is some nefarious deep state thing meant to ruin your life in the in in your little house in some rural place where you you know you know want to hold on to your old school values of personal liberties and freedoms which i do respect deeply yeah but come on man apply it in the right places at the right time you know so yeah you know but fortunately even that even with that going on it's coming down and everything's starting to reopen and you know, even the data proving that places like Sweden that had no mandated masks and they tried to do the herd immunity, it didn't work. A lot more people died per capita there than any place else, and their economy still took a tank. So there's your proof for the next one, and there will be a next one, and there will be a booster shot because there will be more variants, and they want to make sure. And you know what? The booster shot will make you like 99.9% immune to every stage of COVID, according to science. The immune system will be that supercharged to this virus and all of its potential slight adjustments. Great. Let them work on that. They started working on that the minute they finished the last one because they knew it's coming. Because this is what they do for 40, 50 years. You know? It's it's unbelievable. So, I, I don't know, man. But listen, it warms my heart that I turn on the internet and I see all these you know, tours are coming back online and shows are coming back online. Yeah. You know, life is coming back 
and people are seeing their family and they're getting to travel and do all these things. And yeah, it's going to be sticky for the next six months to a year as far as proofs or not proofs. It'll get to the point if everybody behaves and if everybody goes and <laughs> enough people get the vaccine, there will be no question to ask for your because there'll be so little of it in the community that they don't care about the people that either can't get the vaccine or won't get the vaccine. So you're saying we're fucked. No, we're actually in good, <laughs> right. Exactly. It, it, it's one or the other. This is either going to rear its ugly head again. But you know what? I got to be honest. For all these people that don't want to get it, that have been screaming, let your immune system do what it does. And there's only a 99% chance, you know, 1% yeah, yeah. chance that you might get. Okay, dude, you go roll the dice. I don't care anymore. Right. I'm vaccinated. But you know what? expect zero empathy from me if you get it or give it to your grandma or any of the other people in the family that get around to dinner to talk about how this is all just a big power grab by the Democrats to have control over us and microchip us and blah, 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 and whatever else it is that they've come up with is, is to the nefarious hidden secrets and all of this. And you know what? Your personal freedom allows you to do stupid things and pay the consequences. And as long as you're not hurting a whole lot of other people, the only people you're going right. to be hurting are other like-minded people. And so far, they have zero data to back up what they're <laughs> saying. So uh, go for it. But again, it's still everybody's right to believe that. And so if you don't yeah. want to, if you don't want to get the vaccine, nobody's forcing you to get the vaccine. What they're saying is, is you can't engage in this activity, this activity, that activity. Unless you get the vaccine, I can show proof. So at this point, still, no one's making you do anything. You're making a choice. You're being given a choice to get a vaccine or not get the vaccine. And if you choose not to understand, like an adult, that that's going to have some consequences for a while, at least until this thing completely opens and try to understand <laughs> why you're not getting to do those things. And it's a trade off for you. And in the same way you made the trade-off to wear your mask or not wear your mask, if you didn't get sick, you know, so be it. But I still hear people, I, not me personally, but people yeah. that I know closely or having relatives or friends still pass away from this thing. So it's not going oh, it away. it is still happening. That's absolutely Yeah, it's still happening. Yeah. It's just, and I get it on both sides of the fence. They've got other agendas, so it's not top line in the news anymore. It's not hair on fire kind of stuff, but it's still going on, and there's still people, you know, Australia, who did better, the best of almost any country other than maybe, you know, New Zealand or Korea, had somebody come in when they, when they started to allow people to come in from other places and just quarantine for two weeks, and they left their hotel, and now they have like 300 cases in Melbourne. They're shutting the whole thing down. Wow. And that's all it takes, man. And that's the thing that people need to realize is all it takes is one variant that's stronger or faster spreading than others getting into it's going to go back to the same things again. And it's going to be regional. California is not a red zone place. Like I've got to book flights to take the band to Europe coming up in September. So I called my travel agent. What's the deal? Because you can't figure it out. Can you go? Can you not go? Right now, you still can't travel. You can book your flights. I'm like, well, what's the protocols going to be? And they say currently, up until they should be opening it up in the next couple of weeks, but currently, you're going to have to show residency where you live. And they have, over in Belgium, 
they know if your license plate, if your license or your passport says you live in whatever hot spot is still a yellow zone or a red zone, you're going to have to quarantine. Mm. California has done so well on the numbers that if I show I'm a California resident, resident, all I have to do is going to take a test. It won't make me quarantine. So I got to keep my fingers crossed that all the other, you know, granola eaters in California keep freaking out about this and getting their vaccines and not be okay, <laughs> you know? Uh, a question of curiosity, and because it sounds like we're both pro-vaccination. Um, I had the Johnson & Johnson. Which one did you end up getting? I got the Pfizer because I did my research on it. Uh, the Moderna vaccine had three times uh, the uh, of the you know the actual effective virus load in it, mm-hmm. and it hit the body harder. Um, they chose that amount of of you know viral agent or antiviral agent, whatever you want to call it, in their vaccine, and so people tended to get from preliminary things that I would say. Um, especially on the second shot, a hard, a harsher reaction to it than the Pfizer. Um, I felt crappy. I had a sore arm. That was it on the first one. The second shot, I felt crappy for about 24 hours, and it wasn't even that bad. Okay. But I've known people that have gone down hard. And the J&J that had good numbers, not as effective in their preliminary data against the virus, but the benefit of a one shot and you're done, there's definite you know, benefits to that too, but it works. Yeah. And I, I had no, <laughs> so I didn't even have arm soreness. I had yeah, uh, for see? me personally, no side effects. Uh, well, that's I, because you absorb the microchip better than other people. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You must have bigger cells. <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, I've just bought a lot more, uh, um, Bill Gates products over the years. Um, yeah, it's funny how that all of a sudden you had a hankering to upgrade your operating system. <laughs> You know, yeah. now that you mentioned it, that was the first thing I did when I got home. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. It's a small price to pay. Well, one of the things, the, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, and not just because you're super interesting to talk to, is, is and you know, you, like you said, you got a background in biology and all that stuff. This, you know what the hell you're talking about. I wanted to kind of kind of catch up because you made a lot of salient points that we're kind of like now looking back on. Um, and one of them was that like, well, you went on Facebook shortly after we talked and you announced that little Caesar would no longer be doing meet and greets, that you were going to do shed and spreads. And I just wanted to see if you had enough data on how those were going. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, it's funny because like, we have one guy in the band who was great joke, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he is he is an admitted self-proclaimed hypochondriac. So this he did not do well with a pandemic, worldwide pandemic. And he's also got a fear of flying, which he's gotten over or gotten under control, I should say, over the last decade. So he he we had to use a replacement drummer on one of the streams we did and everything. Anyway, so he's all vaccinated now. He's raring to go. So the next thing he goes, so what are we going to do? You know, now once you start, once you commit to a tour and you talk to the travel agent and get the idea on that, talk about the merch and talk about the, all the stuff that you got to start planning ahead for, he brings up the topic of rehearsal. So what are we going to do when we get, how, how is a day going to look when we go out there? And he, he asked if we were all going to wear masks in the van and we all threw pieces of paper at him going idiot we're all vaccinated that's ridiculous 
Now, we, I said, I'm going to wear one on the plane because the reason why I had PPE and hand sanitizer a month before the pandemic broke out was because I made a promise I wasn't going to get sick this time on tour. Because you got on the planes and they didn't disinfect and they didn't have the high, the, the upgraded filtration system. So, so to be clear, you, to you, you, you were, um, were going to do that regardless of a pandemic or because yes. you okay, all right, fair Yes, because every time we go over there, we all get sick. Yeah, I've and heard I'm that like, a lot dude, with bands that go to Europe. I don't wait like months to go play. And then we pick up some virus, a cold, because cold is a coronavirus. You know, we Wait a second, up. that's not what a Ted Nugent said, but anyway. That's not, well, look, well, if Ted says it's something different, I got to go with Ted, because, you know, <laughs> everything that comes out of that guy's mouth is I'll actually gospel. ask you about him a little bit later, but uh, anyway. Yeah, so I, I just made a promise to myself that I was going to do everything I could, and the main thing was get on the plane, wipe down the trays with some antibacterial cloth, and wear a mask, and I don't, I'll look like, you know, the Asian tourists. And there's a reason why Asia did so well is because those people wear masks as soon as it's cold and flu season, and they're smart about it, and they don't politicize it. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to carry a lot of hand sanitizer. So I bought 20 of those little belt, you know, you clip on the Purell hand oh, sanitizer. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I'm going to clip on all the on my gig bag and my luggage and the merch table and we used to do some of it, but not to the, and I said, I'm, I'm going to be really diligent this trip. And then the pandemic hits. And so now we're like, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to wear a mat. We're going to go out to the merch table. We're all vaccinated. So we're not spreading it and we're not catching it. And we'll be wearing masks and we'll do fist bumps and elbow bumps. And you know what? It's not even because of the pandemic. It's because we don't want to get those cooties anymore. <laughs> you don't want to get like the colds and the viruses and the, I mean, you, you, you stop at a German truck stop and there's been 6,000 people that touch that door hand, you know, and you don't even think about that until a pandemic hits. You're like, Oh my God, dude, we used to just go around and, you know, imagine if it was during Corona, it's like, how many people we, we've watched 300 people come through the door just in this meal. You know, right. And we just touch those door handles and we sit down and we grab the fork and we rub our nose or touch our eye. And no wonder we get sick. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided, you know, okay, so this trip, we're going to just be real diligent about it all. But, you know, it's, it's just basic, it's basic common sense and basic science. And, but I just, I'm tired of, you know, by the time halfway through a tour or toward the end, Everybody in the van's coughing and sneezing right. and blowing their nose. And it's like, first of all, we have no immunity to any of the viruses over there because it's European. It's mutated over in Europe and we have zero antibodies for it. So we're always getting sick because we haven't developed in any sort of, of the body's natural immune response to variants of diseases that we might be totally benign to. You sure. know, we have no reaction to but. You know, so we, we, we call it the tour aids. We always get the tour aids to come home and we're, <laughs> we're like all sick in bed for a week after we get back. So, well, and as a time. singer, it can affect you like much more performance wise. Oh, I have, I've gone to emergency rooms in every country in Europe to get a shot of steroids or to sh- shrink the swelling of my vocal cords. I carry steroids with me. Mm. 
Um, yeah, it just, an upper respiratory disease of some kind will take your voice box out in two right. seconds. I've, I've only had to cancel a couple of shows over the years where I just needed to take one day off and, and let the story, but the problem is you take steroids, it shuts down your immune system. So then now you're wide open to any foodborne illness or any other disease. You can sing, you can get through a show, but now you've got zero immune response. Yeah. So it's a trade-off. So yeah, this is this is this is the drug habits of aging rockers now. It's steroids, <laughs> decongestants, arthritis medication. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm getting up there in, in, in age a little bit. I, I'm finding out that stretching is now part of my daily, you know, routine oh, just to, to function. Is, is that, that I'm right there with you. Oh, that's good to hear. Uh. Yeah, no, it's like just like when we started rehearsals, loading all the gear into the room. And the next day I was crippled and I'm like, I just realized I haven't been doing any squats for over a year and a half. And my lower back was killing me. And it's like, I got to start twisting and stretching and, and doing all this stuff to use those muscle groups that I'll be using every night. Like we shot a video, a new music video a couple of weeks ago. And just bouncing around with the mic stand and contorting and trying to look all sort of badass and cool. Right. I was laid out the next day <laughs> just from overextension without Time without to cancel the tour, Ron. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he rocked, he, he mocked out. It's not really he rocking, mocked. it's mocking. Yeah, I mocked out in front of a camera and I'm paying the price for it. Anybody got any Advil, you know? Yeah. So, it, but it, it did remind me, dude, you're going to have to start getting in shape for, yeah. to get up there every night and do this thing again. And you're out of shape. There's a completely set of different set of muscles that I use on the farm than I do when I'm on the stage. So it is weird. Like, you know, how, how it just is different. Um, uh, just in almost any activity, but yeah. Uh, let me take you back a little bit. You mentioned that you guys did a couple streaming shows. I watched the one you did that was put on by the Monsters of Rock people, Monsters of, right, of Rock right. Cruise people. That stage right. was really cool. Now I assume that LED thing. You guys could all see it while you're playing, right? Yeah, it was going on behind us. Uh, it was everywhere. So they were lighting it all up. They had a they had a great artist guy that that you know you sent them new graphics and they came up with a theme and. You know, um, they, they put a lot of energy and work and money into keeping that going, which that was amazing. I, I, I saw, watched yeah. a handful of them and you guys were one of the, the that I definitely checked out. It was it was just a lot of fun. And I don't know, it was it was pretty sweet. Yeah. And for what was going on at the time, everybody was really grateful to do it. And uh, yeah, so they, they, you know, we got the cruise coming up and I hear that it's. You know, tickets are going gangbusters, and everyone's asking. No, you're about you're, the, uh, you're you're going forward for like 2022. You guys are on that. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the next one up is February 2022, which you know basically that they just lost out on 2021. We were right. scheduled to be on 2021, and the crazy thing is, is that I remember when we got booked on it for 2021, thinking, "Oh my God, that's so far away." <laughs> you know, and now it's like it's coming, it's gone, it's passed, and now we're moving towards you know, yeah, toward 2022, and the time just goes by really fast. It's mostly sold out, I believe. Yeah, that's what I hear too. I hear somebody called in for tickets, and they're saying, "Yeah, we're not quite sure," and I don't know if they're 
upgrading the boat or what they're doing, I, I have no idea. Um, and, and I've got to actually get a hold of them because I've got to book some extra rooms. So one for me and my wife, maybe I don't know. I just yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, hey. actually, I got to get my wife on board. Yeah, so, right. uh, but a serious question: Have you is it would is, so you haven't have you done the cruise before? Or is this the first? Time? No, we've never done the cruise. Um, it was never anything we pursued because, to be honest, I'm not a cruise kind of guy. <laughs> uh, uh, I generally am a stick me in a cabin in the woods or a oh, thing on really? the beach and stay away from other human beings when I'm on vacation. So the thought of floating around on like some boat where I can't get off really yeah. and subjected to a whole bunch of people that are just drinking whenever they want because they're not driving and I'm like – None of it on paper was appealing to me at all. And then over the years, I just had so many, you know, good friends and other bands go, dude, listen, I'm not a big fan of that crap either, but it was a blast. And it's like the people are really nice. The fans are really, you know, are nice and they're respectful and they're not out of control. And um, Larry and the guys at Monsters of Rock put on just a killer crews and they're really artist friendly and they're really nice and everything is so seamlessly run and it's just a pleasure to be aboard and i'm like okay cool okay and when i heard it from some of these guys i'm like i know you i know you you're one of these guys that'll will like from the stage will start crapping on something if you don't like it you know it's like, you know, what the fuck is with the monitors? You know, it's like things that a lot of bands won't do because they don't want to ruffle any feathers. And that's the kind of guys who are telling me, dude, it's great. Nice. So I'm like, okay, cool. So when we got the invite, we jumped right on it. And we're just patiently waiting for it to all unfold. I think we're heading the right direction. I will tell you this. I am 100% with you. I've literally never wanted to do a cruise in my life. Um, but I've had so many friends and, and, and even fellow podcasters that have done this as an annual thing. And this is the one that kind of like tweaked my ear. And Alice Cooper being there um, got my wife in, interested. So, uh, But that's how I know it's kind of sold out. I was like, well, we found it a little late there, dear. Uh, but even like as a lifelong Kiss fan, the Kiss cruise sounds fucking miserable because not because of what Kiss does. It's the Kiss fans that I think would drive me crazy. The Monsters a rock uh, cruise seems to be more my kind of people. Yeah, you know, there's different level of fandom, and and you know, when you think about a fanatic, the root is fan. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of where it comes from. And the Kiss Army types, uh, I, I mean, damn, they take it to a whole nother level, and I can't imagine. I just get this visual of a guy sitting there in a speedo with Gene Simmons makeup on, you know, and <laughs> kind of sitting there going, "It's going to be great tonight," you know. And I'm just like, dude, uh, you don't, you don't kind of wear the makeup. No, always wear the makeup. <laughs> also, because I know that Gene and Paul are so entrepreneurial that I'm afraid that everything is an upsell, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, 
But, you know, whatever. It, it, it depends on the bill and for how long and where it's going. And yeah. so. Well, the thing was the Monster to Rock Cruise, there's there's a lot of bands of, uh, of your ilk, and it's just like you can go, like, I can walk up to you and say, hey, Ron, nice show. And then that could be it. Whereas, you know, you'll never see Gene or Paul for, for reasons no. that, that, that I frankly understand right. um right. they would just get i think def leppard tried to do one like like they, they did, did a cruise and they were like all right everybody just be cool they're gonna come out here but just don't mob them and then they came out and they got mobbed and so yeah. it, no nah, it's a, it's a whole different thing people look at me and think i'm a roadie or no nobody has the level of 35 years of my picture pinned to the wall. I mean, there might be two or three of them and security can handle that. Right. But when there's 4,000 of them, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and that's a testament to their success. Plus, I know Gene. Gene will hire a helicopter to fly him from Miami to the Keys <laughs> and drop him on the top of the boat that they use if somebody gets deathly ill. And he'll show up and play and say, I'd love to hang out with you, but I really need to go and get back on the helicopter and count his money as he flew out. Because that's just Gene, God bless him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I really don't begrudge those guys for that aspect of it. You know, they, they no. try to, to incorporate some personal stuff as best they can. But when you're at that, when you, you get to a certain level, it's just impossible, especially with that fan base, But uh, yeah. it, which I'm one of, but I just, I'm just also not. I don't know how to say that. Yeah, but this is the problem. When you, you this, all these bands and their fan base, they're older, they're more mature, they're more in control. They're not I don't know as, about the mature you know, part, buddy. But. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but then you add alcohol, and that's the equation that, you know, you stick somebody out in the Jamaican sun, and mm. they've had 20 drinks of them, and then you ask them to not be excited when Gene Simmons walks by. Yeah. Probably you're going to get a lot of people that are going to get a little out of control. Challenge accepted, Ron. I, I can get uh, 20 beers in and uh, and not get too excited about Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah, well. No, I'm just, I, that, I, your point's valid. I'm just making a joke. Yeah, no. Listen, and hence why you do what you do. But these other people, especially after a year, a year and a half of people being locked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's some pent-up energies in the fans right now, and I think that's going to be great for music for a while. I think people are going to really appreciate yeah. the music back, and I think they're going to remember to support this stuff or lose it again. And I hope that that opens up as before that goes that that energy level and enthusiasm goes away. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be good for venues and it's going to be, but I tell you, man, there's going to be a slam of new music slamming of touring. It's going to get incredibly competitive out there. I know a whole bunch of guys who are running labels that have sat on material for a year because they don't want to release it. If they don't have a band on tour behind mm. it. Nice. And it's why the Crusaders are putting out our own record. Cause everybody we talked to, they're like, dude, uh, maybe we can get to it in 2023, but everything we were going to put out in like 2020 and 2021 is being held off to 2022. And there's like 50 of those labels saying the same exact thing. So yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting from an insider's perspective to see how people handle that. Like for us, and I posted about this, we're going for it early. You know, we're going to roll the dice we're lean, we're mean, we don't have to commit to stuff eight months out, just yep. booking a flight, 
grabbing some hotels. I can book those on my phone uh, two weeks before. Find somewhere. You can, when you're Gene Simmons, man, you can't do that. Every day no. it's a, moving a big, huge army and tons of gear and tons of cargo. And so I'm going to take the advantage of that now that it's like, okay, everything's opening up. Okay, well, generally for stuff like that, it takes almost a year ahead to, to, to you know, coordinate. So they're not going to pull the trigger until they know. And then it's a year from that. So I'm like, okay, that's going to be our window to get out there before the void is slammed and everything. Cause dude, if I do it, you know, it's been the story of my life. It's like we book a show and we're really excited. And we find out three blocks away, you know, Def Leppard's playing <laughs> and like, well, okay. So we're going to have like 30 people there tonight. You know, it's just one of those things. And that's going to mess with a lot of smaller bands, man. There's going to be so many options for people that, um, you know, people are going to pick and choose their festivals and people are going to pick and choose yeah. what they do on a, on a night to night basis. So it's going to be interesting to watch, but it's a quality problem. I, I did see the post you're talking about where you kind of basically said, uh, you know, ba a band of your ilk, it's easier for guys like you and other artists yeah. to get out there right now where you know, Kiss really does have to kind of continue to hold the pause button or bands of that level. I'm not trying to call them. Yeah, make, no, no, no. You're make, right. make them just, example. Just, they happen to be in the consciousness right now. But, right. you know, be it Def Leppard or Brian Adams or. Well, the Motley, Motley Def Leppard tour just got pushed to 2022. Yeah, yeah, because. First of all, there's no uniformity is, between state to state what you can do. Well, that's the thing. They they have to they can't cancel what if I cancel playing in a club in Pennsylvania one night, it doesn't throw the whole thing yeah. into the toilet. You know, those guys if they're at a reduced capacity or a show gets canceled, it's huge losses of revenue. They got to pay all the crew. They got to put everybody up. All that money that doesn't get lost. So imagine being the guy that's, you know, that has to reschedule this thing. And he calls back up to all of those venues and says, oh, just for the hell of it, why don't we just add another digit at the end of the year and let's take the same date, but one year later. Right. And they go, oh, dude. I would have, but you. Yesterday we got a phone call from, you know, the Who, <laughs> and they've got that date, and it's, they're like, "Oh shit!" So now what do we do on there? Do we reroute the whole tour? We got to rebuild the whole thing, and it's people are trying that just one year jump thing, but there's other people that are trying to get it back up and running just even a month or two sooner. And there's 20 bands trying to get out there and put shows on in all of these venues from rodeos, rescheduled rodeos and hockey games. And, and I'm telling you, man, it's, it's really, really hard. And then they go, okay, you got to send us whatever, uh, and, and you know, $200,000 deposit, you know? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> let's wait and see what Fauci says. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and, then, and then be upset that he said it. Uh, uh. Yeah, and then you have, you know, remember early on here, see, Live Nation saw what was coming. Live Nation said, listen, mm. they've already told artists, our arrangement with you if we're a promoter for any one of your shows is the liabilities on you. Yeah. So they're going to relinquish all of this COVID responsibility, anybody getting sick or anything like that, onto the bands. 
So for people listening, that's the equivalent of like getting a job at Burger King and um, somebody, the, the owner of, of that Burger King saying uh, the cleanliness of the response of, uh, of the restaurant, uh, the liability of that, any anything that it goes on to the employees. That's just re- right. ridiculous. Right. The, 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 the eight dollar like, like little Caesars going to like go to First Avenue in Minneapolis and suddenly accept responsibility for how that club was clean that right. day, you know? Right. And we're going to roll in there and, and start to wonder, well, did people get a lot of people get vaccinated here or not? Exactly. You know, what's, yeah. what's the deal? You know, so there's all of that money on the line and people are just going, well, we're just going to wait till there's like maybe 80 cases in the whole state and then we'll take that chance. So there's all of these little, the timings, the obligations, the synchronizations, the, the, all of that stuff that people on the bigger side of things are still just sitting there going, it's looking better. It's looking great. But for, you know, for those kind of mass operations, it's going to have to be, we have to pretty much wait till it's done. We're confirmed it's done. And then we find out what's available from that point on. And that's a year away. So, you know, I hope that's good for local music and local, local bars and, you know, um, just gives people the incentive to want to support the bands and clubs and small theaters and theater type things who they can get their machinery, you know, fired up and back on the road before the bigger ones. And there's a benefit to that. Going back just a little bit to that um, uh, live stream you guys did with that Monsters of Rock cruise put on, uh, I just wanted to compliment you a little bit. Uh, I think your voice sounds pretty much as good as it is ever has i've heard like well well, tell me ron what's your kind of warm-up how do you kind of keep it in shape that kind of deal well i've always done little warm-ups to loosen up the muscle you know sort of like what i should be doing with squatting and stretching (laughs) (laughs) you know so i've always done that and you know the other thing is is i've always been you know because i'm like i was a sound engineer and a production manager and all that stuff i was on to like in-ear monitors and stuff like that, the day that they hit the market. Mm. So I've used every incarnation of bad technology um, of it, but it was still better than wedges. Um, because the thing is, is the voice is a really, it, it's, it's just a muscle. And if you're the type of singer that I am or anybody in the rock and roll field is, if you overexert it, just trying to get a little bit more volume out of it, either consciously or unconsciously, you can really mess it up. And then you got to do it the next night and the next night. And you add 30 years of damage like that (laughs) or stress onto a muscle. And there's guys, I'm not going to name any names, who, you know, 75% of the time they sound crappy, you know, um, it's not till they've taken a couple months off and babies babysit it and they're not drunk and they've been eating right and they're not overweight and their breathing is good that you'll get a couple of good nights and then they fall back into that. They're tore up to hell and then it goes downhill fast and all they're doing is going out and, you know, asking the crowd to sing all the high parts or the choruses, all that shit that these guys do. And, and I've been lucky and I've been blessed and, you know, on, the, on one side of it, that's also because I haven't, like some of these bigger bands who have toured extensively oh, for sure. months on end, 
you know, uh, after 30 years, man, they have put their voice through some serious terms. So mine's still a little virgin and still a little in shape. But is there a you know, song? Okay, you, thank, you, you, thank you for the compliment, by the way. Of course. Uh, is there a, is there a song that uh, uh, you you play you sing you have sang regularly over the last 30 years that like you know like that's the one that might makes you cringe a little bit like I got to oh, make sure. Oh, there's definitely songs or parts of songs, and you'll hear this if you if you pay attention. If you hear any live performances, you'll hear some singers change the melodies a little bit oh, to avoid yeah, all, all the time. Yeah, yeah right. Um, or just not. That's when they turn the mic to the crowd, and <laughs> you know, and and to be completely forthright, we we used to play in stand what's called standard tuning, which is A four four. And for the last 10 years, we detune a half a step. So that gives me a little bit more range, you know, because I've lost maybe two notes in my range since my 20s, which is Mm -hmm. pretty goddamn good. Um, And then if if you tune down a half a step, there goes half of those are back in play. And then there's some nights I'll just turn to the band and go, no, we're not doing this one. And they know why. (laughs) And we jump right over and then I'll turn around and just say, okay, let's do this one. One that's easier on my voice. And but you don't, want, on, you don't want to, you don't want to name a song. You know, I did, if you don't, that's fine. Some, I just, it, uh, it, 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 it's weird. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, because we change, I mean, God, we got eight records. So we, we change them up fair enough. every, every tour. It, and it's not even like necessarily high notes. Cause that you can cheat. Most of it is when a song takes a lot of air to get through and I have been, I'm either tired or sore. And I know that once I get halfway through the song, I'm not going to be getting enough air to really sing. And that's, and I'm, I'm going, I'm pulling a complete blank. That's okay. I know, I, I was... Like stand, stand up is one of those okay. from the second record. Um, and I'm trying to think of some other ones that, that and a lot of times we've just com- have completely avoided them because like the whole melody is up, just constantly up high, you know, and it's funny because I tell this to people, it's like, if I would have known then what I know now, I wouldn't have written melodies. <laughs> you know, I, I wrote everything where it was fucking, you know, the, the RPM was up at 6,500 yeah. all the time because it's rock and roll motherfucker. And I'm in the studio, and all I got to do is nail it once. And I didn't realize I got to do this every fucking night. And I would have changed. I would have written the melody so people became familiar with them in with slightly different notes in there, thinking 20 years out. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how about this? Uh, were, are you or were you ever a smoker? I mean, that's a thing. Yes, I was. I was a pack and a half a day. Uh, I now I've been chewing nicotine gum. I vaped for quite a while. When it's funny because I got turned on to vaping from a friend of mine that went to China, and I was getting stuff. I had a, he would bring me back shit from China because it wasn't even available in the United States yet. That's how hmm. this was. So this was twenty back. twenty years ago. Oh boy. And then it started to these these little vape things started to pop up online. I could get them. I turned everybody on to them. This is when the technology was really crappy. And then, of course, over the last ten years, it's like 
guys walking around with fucking car batteries and smokestacks <laughs> smelling like a bag of fucking cream donuts, you know? And I've been, I've been chewing nicotine gum still. Uh, it didn't, I just don't smoke anymore, but I'm addicted to nicotine still. I'm chewing it as we speak. <laughs> I, 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 my wife and I quit on the same day and we both tried vaping. I got sick off of vaping and I, I had the worst two weeks of my life powering through. Um, and since then it's, it's been fine, but yeah, no, she, she still yeah. does the nicotine gum like you and yeah. So yeah, well, whatever. It's still it, better it's than different smoking. for everybody. Yeah, but you know, listen, nicotine's as bad as cocaine and heroin. People don't realize that the detox isn't as bad. It's annoying, but the cravings and the obsession, dude, mm. um, were as bad as heroin. So I just <laughs> wow. knew I could. Okay, I've never I done could, never done heroin, so I don't. Yeah, know well, that. take it from me. I'm just uh, giving will. you some life experience. You can just take this as being gospel. That the thought of having a cigarette, you know, is is as you know is. It's there all the time for the first couple of weeks. Oh, and yeah. I fucked up because I got through it and I went through that. And then there's always that little guy in the back of your head who said, "You just wrecked your car. I'd have a cigarette." Mm. <laughs> you know, I it's did. like you deserve this. You I, know, I would like to clarify the two weeks were physically like horrible. It yeah. took probably two to three years for that kind of like impulsive kind of you know for that little dude in the back of your head that yeah said, you just stubbed your toe go have a cigarette you've earned it yeah. yeah i would have like you know six months where i didn't think about it and somebody would like just all of a sudden light a cigarette uh-huh. and put a, a pack on a table and all of a sudden like it was right there it was just like so I, i'm not trying to minimize it at all but the the, the physically those two weeks were like i just yeah. gotta keep no, it's, going but so. it's the men, it's the mental obsession and i know because when i picked up vaping it only took about two weeks to retrain my brain that when I desired something wasn't to, to it wasn't to pick up a cigarette. It was to pick up the vapor thing. So I was like, okay, good. This is progress. I'm not thinking about because for the first two weeks I'd vape and I'd light a cigarette and I'd vape my and I got past the cigarette thing, which I knew was really dangerous. And you know, I did a lot of investigating, talking to doctors and stuff, and every one of my my doctors basically told me, listen, dude, anything is better than smoking. The reality is, yeah. is if you go to the right vendors that's not putting like China and lead and all this other crap and you stay away from all of these high chain flavored bullshits, the reality is, is that nicotine is really not that bad for you. It doesn't really it slightly elevates your blood pressure. Mm. It's addictive as hell, but it's but the 260 other chemicals in cigarettes for something that's actually burning rather than something that's vaporizing. Now, it's a different story when you, like these guys with the car batteries who heat the shit up to like 6,000 degrees <laughs> and they turn these other usually benign chemicals into like formaldehyde and all shit. And if you remember, there was like a period of about a year where people were putting out all this bullshit information about kids and all that. No, they were, the kids weren't admitting that they were getting THC. They were smoking weed. And that, and there was a really bad batch of THC going around, <clears throat> giving these kids popcorn lung and all this other crap. But you notice how that whole thing died out, the the movement to stop vaping. Yeah. Now, I, I definitely, the shit shouldn't be marketed to kids. And I get it. All these industries are scumbags and they just want to <laughs> get people hooked. But the vaping thing, I think it's rude around other people. I wouldn't ever do it around just like smoking. It's just fucking rude. Yeah. You know, this bullshit of it's not cigarettes, man. Here, 
enjoy like imagine like I dumped a bag of cotton candy on your head. Here you go. It's like that's fucking rude, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, but they do being it. a dick is being a dick, you know. Exactly. And this sort of thing of, you know, hey, and they just I call them I call it a douche flute. They fucking got this big <laughs> fucking douche flute thing they're sucking on. It's like really it's like they're gurgling and then they blow out this giant cloud. Look at me, I'm a chimney, you know, and it's like, nice. oh, not cool. <laughs> when I vaped, I always just took a small hit, held it in, and like exhaled basically nothing, you know. So but it it did like everything else, it got out of hand. So Yeah, the 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 little time I spent vaping, well, like I said it was one day, it was when they, they made them look like cigarettes. You know, they were just Yeah, yeah. No, that's the first ones I got looked like cigarettes and I had to plug it in seventeen times yeah. to keep charged. Yeah. I'd suck I'd go through one of those canisters in like three minutes and have to change out the thing and recharge it and when they finally came out with the bigger ones, it was starting to work for my habit. But the issue you gotta worry about is is what what concentration in nicotine. Because yeah. when I first started vaping you know, being the recovered heroin addict slash smoker, I'm like, what's the highest thing they've got? Like 22 milligrams of nicotine. And it's like, I took four hits and I was ready to pass out and puke. You know? Yeah, like, maybe that was my problem. I have no idea. Wait, I have no I mean, idea well, what I... It's a nicotine overdose. You just, you're so afraid that you're going to jones out for the nicotine, like when you smoke, that you just go, oh, I'm a fiend. Whatever the highest... Guy, and it was funny because it was I went from like 22 milligrams down to like three. And I was like, how the fuck do people smoke a 22 <laughs> milligram nicotine fucking vape without like immediately wanting to like your head's going to explode? Maybe but that was my problem. I was I was smoking like a cigarette. Like I would go out and do my normal like five to seven minutes puffing on the thing and then come yeah, back in the house. <laughs> Yeah. And then like all of a sudden you turn green and you have a headache and you're going to, yeah, yeah, I know. No, I, it took me a while to figure out the difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel you. I, I don't think I brought this up last time. Um, but I know I know I wanted to, I just, I think we got so sidetracked with other stuff. Uh, you were in Terminator two tossed through a window by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now do you do your own stunts? No. Uh, by union rules, they had to have an actual stuntman. But, um, but what they did, though, and Jim, Jim, the, the director, who was so anal, uh, a week before we shot that, he brought me in. He took a sample of my hair. He had a wig made of human hair to match my hair so that the stunt guy really looked like me. Wow. And then he hired one of my tattoo artists to come and paint my tattoos as, as quickly and as, as, as accurately as possible on the stunt guy. Who all he did was jump through a plate glass window once. They got that on film, and then they Jim stuck me on the hood of a car outside the bar. And the problem was that first of all, it was a very cold night. Number one, number two, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a good actor, and they have to do many takes for him to oh. get all his his lines. And that's why they came up with all those short little catchphrases for him because he's terrible after two lines. Mm. And so the I'll be backs and hasta la vista, that's all the shit that they came up with this guy because he's not really a good actor. I mean, he's great on film and everything. That's shocking. Right, shocking. Right, a bodybuilder who's Austrian (laughs) doesn't sound good when being recorded. Um, So here I am laid out on the car and Jim being just trying to be funny poured 
all of this fake blood all over me. He goes, you're supposed to have gone through a play class window. You should look really bloody. And there should be blood oozing off of you, dripping down the car. Well, fake blood is glycerin. It's like sugar. Yep. So it's like my hair is turned into a rock and all my clothes are. And this was the night of the Rodney King beating, which oh. went happened. That happened two blocks away. From where <laughs> no we were way. Shooting. So every time we try to shoot it, Jim would go cut because the sirens would start up again. And it's cars would go screeching around the block again. And we didn't know what was going on. And he's like getting mad and mad. And I'm like, freezing in this like vest and a wife beater on the top of this car, crusty and gooey <laughs> for like four solid hours. And I just kept looking at him and he kept smiling. I'm like, you fuck you, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, that's the part I really remember fuck, not liking going, I'm not cut out for this movie business bullshit. How, how did you uh, end up getting that, that little gig there? Well, to back up, back in the 80s, I was um, I did some music for an aspiring film director named Catherine Bigelow, who wound up becoming the Academy Award-winning Catherine Bigelow. Ooh. So I became, from that, I became friends with her. We moved, to, me and my first wife, we moved to California. Catherine moved to California. We rekindled the friendship. She loved to ride horses. My ex-wife rode horses, so they, they were close. Then Catherine married Jim, so I became friends with Jim from Catherine, and that's how just one day I'm at his barbecue, and he's like, you know, dude, i got to get you down to the set. we got to hang out, come watch. In fact, I'm just going to write you a part. I'll find a part for you. And he calls me up because, dude, i got the perfect part. I need a biker. You want to hit Schwarzenegger in the head with a pool cue? I'm like, dude, that sounds great. <laughs> so... I go down there and they just hand me this box of pool cues. They just go keep whacking them until we get it right, you know. And that took quite a long time. We had, I got to hit them about a dozen times before they got it right. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Right on. Oh, well, see, so you, so you had some fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the first part was fun. The laying on the car thing sucked balls. There was no doubt about that. Mm. Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, this is a uh, kind of a uh, off the topic, but I'm doing a a side cast this summer where we kind of talk about. Uh, I don't know the, the combination of music and, and summer activities. Uh, you have a uh, you know a, a nice little ranch there. Do you uh, do you like to uh, cook meat over fire? I do. I'm I am a fan of smoking and of barbecuing. Yes. Oh, what, what what are some of your go tos? Like, what's what's a uh, Ron Young? Uh, kind of- I like a dry, I like a dry rib rib. I like uh, a smoked brisket. Um, just your basic quick burgers. My wife is basically she's what they call a pescatarian, which um, basically I think is an Indian word for can't hunt. But um, she just yeah she eats a little bit of chicken every once in a while, mostly fish. So these are all solo outings, and she just okay. gives me a dirt, dirty look <laughs> as I come in. Well, you did feed smoke. ham to the pigs, Iran. I did. I have done that, and so that got me that got me a pass of the pork uh, type variety. So um, yeah, so yes, I I do enjoy cooking some dead animal on a smoky barbecue pit. Yes, I do like that. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> if I'm ever in California, maybe invite me over. But uh, um, there you go. Before we yeah. get into some, well, I, 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 you'll have plenty of avocados on the side. I don't know if they'll be right though. 
You know, I, I do like an avocado. Like, <laughs> I'm. I by the way, I still don't know how to tell. Uh, my 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 wife yeah. handles that. I do like a nice slice of avocado on a burger once in a while. Yeah, it's too mushy and mealy. I like it in guacamole, but it's yeah. a lot of work. Well, yeah, and that's right. <laughs> it, it, it's like again. I want guacamole. Are the avocados ripe? I don't know. Do you want to cook cuttings? No, I, I, I can be to the store and back with a pre-made bucket of guacamole. I don't have to chop onions. I don't have to chop tomatoes, no jalapenos, no lime juice. By the time I get all that ready, and I don't even know if the avocados are red, ripe, I, I'm good with that. You grab a bag of chips and guacamole while I'm there. Grab a nice tri-tip. Hmm. There you go. There we are. Why the hell do I have to – I don't have to revel in the fact that I, I grew this and I get to eat it now. <laughs> well, and, you, and, if you, and if you live under that logic, the cows that I raise, I could just slit their throats and let them drain out, cut off a nice big fucking roast. But, of course, I'd be divorced and most people would look <laughs> at me with horror Okay, so, like, so you do not actually eat your animals. Oh God, no! Oh my okay. God, even 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 in jest, uh, you know, when we got the mini cows, these zebu cows, these mini cows, I was kidding with my wife that this is where sliders and white cats almost come from, and she didn't find that humorous at all. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Well, I know yeah. Little Caesar and the Cruzados things are happening. So before I get into some of that stuff, is it okay if I hit you with a kind of a couple of music uh, news items? Just kind of get your thoughts on it. Sure. All right. Well, what is your what are your thoughts on all these like kind of legacy artists selling all their their like the publishing for their their back catalog for kind of ginormous sums of money? Go for it. The reality is, is that with all these a- NFTs now that they're doing, I don't even understand that. Do you? By the way, I, I've heard it explained no, ten times. No, and it's it, and it's it's starting to tank uh, as quickly as the whole concept. Okay, came that out. part makes sense. That's the first thing I've heard about them that makes sense. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, yeah, that's not uh, the amount of. I, in fact, my brother-in-law, uh, he was the motion graphics guy for the Edmonton Oilers and he quit working for, you know, he did, he's the guy that was doing all the motion graphics on the big Mm -hmm. LEDs flying around. He quit that to go work for an NFT, do all the graphics for these NFT, this NFT company. And they had to lay him off after a month because nobody was buying into the whole concept. But back to your original question, there's absolutely nothing wrong with creating a body of work for your whole life and finding some, guy like Jeff Bezos that's willing to spend like a billion dollars to say that he owns the rights to all of Bowie's catalog. Sure. Or, or the, or the Beatles. I mean, it, it's, it's their right to, to, you know, to do that. And, um, I, I say cash in when you can, you know, there's a lot of money out there and people see the value and equity of it. You know, go for it. Who owns the little Caesar catalog? Um, I think I sold it to a guy down on Broadway for one of those burgers. And, uh, no, we, we own everything. Okay. Um, e- even know. the original album and stuff like that? Um, well, we sold the first two records to the publishing rights to MCA Publishing for a, quite a sizable advance. And I think that the copyrights or the rights to those will come back to us in the next two to three years. Mm, nice. But if I couldn't sell the records, how am I going to sell the songs? So it's like whatever. And the other thing about Caesar is 
it's one of these hindsight things. According to the way the music business is, the lyrics are 50% of the song and the music is the other 50%. So in Little Caesar, I write all the lyrics and I write the melody up for the singing. Right. So that puts me as one fifth of the writer on the music and 100% of the writer of the lyrics. So technically, 60% of the publishing should be on mine. But I also know that if I want to stay in a band and have it be a family and like a motorcycle club and have everybody be cool, I'm not going to sit there and get like say, like say one of the songs hits and I'm driving around in a Porsche while the other guys aren't because what does it take me like two hours to write a song? <laughs> I just never thought thought that. Then you'd be in striper. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I just never thought that was a good long-term policy. I, I really wish I was different because I would have had a whole big chunk of money from those advances in the first days. But you're doing okay. You got an avocado like ranch it, and a bunch of animals you can't kill and eat. Yeah, I mean, but if you're if you're in a family, you're in a family, and no, I get just it. because this is that, that that's the way I always looked at it, and and I'm you know so I'm fine with that. What about the whole Megadeth, uh, uh, the bass player guy, Dave Ellis, David Ellison? Um, I assume you've heard about this, right? Like where he's... How could you not if you're okay. on Facebook? Uh, listen, if if it's true, and again, you don't know the truth yet, but um, if it's true that the, the, the female involved was of consensual age, then I can't understand why anybody's got a problem with this. First of all, there's nothing more rock star than getting some girl to want to spread her legs for you and you can get <laughs> naked in front of her. It's been done backstage a million times and it used to be sort of in the brochure that got more people to sign up for the gig and was used to be worshipped and celebrated. Books have been written about it, antics and 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 accolades and have been part of rock and roll for a long time. And then technology comes in and makes it possible that someone gets busted and makes it public, which is really a shame for him and for her, because it wasn't really done by either of them. And I, so I just, I, if, if the girl was con of consensual age, then I don't see anything wrong with it other than being really funny and embarrassing. Well, it, I see it being a problem for his wife or him and his marriage. Well, if he's but, married, then he's a scumbag, and that's between him and his wife. But quite honestly, dude, on the rock and roll side of things, I could name you a hundred musicians who are married that as soon as they got on that tour bus, they behaved like they weren't. Bingo. You know, so let's not, I mean, all of a sudden now, what, what do we, are we, uh, is he uh, like in line to be named a saint? He's a bass player in a rock band. What, what do you expect? You know, yeah, and and that was my point. Is that yeah. it, it was not that like uh, we should judge him harder. I'm like, no, we should actually. No, we should put it into context. There and we go. you know what? You, you just understand. He's exactly what you thought he was. And there's going to be a whole bunch of dudes that look at each other and go, "Dude, if I'm 56 and I got some 26 year olds to like take a top off in front of me and let me." put my camera on and we both <laughs> masturbated and and you know i'm in a pandemic and it's like when else am i going to get to see a naked 26 year old and she's willing to do that and watch me do that and most guys would fist bump them and go well see this is why you became a bass player in rock bands because it's <laughs> one of the 
you know, if this is what you're into, you, you pick the right career, you know, because it kind of comes with the territory. But the whole public thing, and I really think that there was still lingering tension between him and Dave Mustaine. Yeah. And that's the stuff we the, don't know. All, right. Yeah. And all of this stuff just kind of cascaded and who knows how it was handled or what was said or what they really know. And and you, you've marked my words. They, Miss Megadeth's got a tour coming up here. Yeah. Don't be surprised if he's not brought back into the fold and they get a second round of publicity for the tour coming up. Hmm. You mark my words. Uh, once again, that's the first, you're the first person to say that. I've heard plenty of people yeah. that would predicted he would get fired. Um, yeah. Well, there was tensions before, but it wouldn't shock me if at the end of the day, when Mustaine realizes that there's no. I mean, unless he's charged, if he's charged criminally because the girl was underage. But now I hear that he's filed a revenge porn yep. lawsuit, which kind of tells me that he's got good legal grounds, that somebody outside of the consensual part saw this on the girl's phone and she grabbed your phone and sent it to herself. And then she released it because she thought he or she thought it would be cool to put it out and start some shit and blah, 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 and become famous and uh, then he's definitely got a, a really good case against this person. And, you know, but again, this isn't the Pope. He's a bass player <laughs> in a rock band. Well, let me ask you that then. How would the first practice with your bass player be if it was him? <laughs> I would ask, dude, I haven't seen any of this shit. What does she look like? Okay. What? Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Really? This this person and even then, come on, man. It, it's like, tell me that a fifty six year old guy. Now again, if he's married, I have a problem. With, you know, I'm at the age now. If I want to be single, I'm going to go be single. If I want to have a wife, I'm going to have a wife. That's just because of my own personal integrity. I'm with you. But, that, that that that's that's our personal thing. Right, and yeah. you know what? Because I've learned that it takes a lot more energy and lies and bad vibes to keep all the bullshit going. So if I choose to be married, I'm going to be married. That's number one. But if, if somebody just has a girlfriend or whatever, whatever, there's really no earth-shaking, oh, my God, his, my opinion of him has been crushed. Again, he's not a spiritual leader or a politician. He's well, in well, a well, 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 he is a Lutheran pastor. I don't know that he like preaches every Sunday. Oh, really? And how much did it cost him on the internet? To yeah, get I have. I look, I'm just telling you what I know for a fact. I right. have no okay. idea what. Okay, so again, okay, so he's a hypocrite. Yeah, well, that's kind of redundant, anyway. But yeah, no, I don't think it changes much for me with the no. situation, but. But I mean, not enough to get a guy fired. This is one of those things you let it, you let it lay low. But Lutherans are so loose with this stuff, anyway. I mean, they're allowed to masturbate, you know. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, come on, people. Uh, do you know how many? There are full blown websites that you can go to with cam girls. That there's like 400 cam girls that you you, you buy. You give them some tokens. And you can turn on your camera and they see you jerking off and you see them jerking off. And I mean, is anybody really getting hurt? Who got hurt by him jerking off with somebody else on over the camera? Nobody. Based on what we know, not nobody. Right. Nobody. Based on what we know. Like I say, it all comes down to how old was she? And if she's old enough to make that decision, then it's nobody's business. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. Except between him and his wife or his girlfriend, or this girl had a boyfriend or a husband. But it's not enough to get you thrown out of the band, in my opinion. You know, and and honestly, it was going away until Dave Mustaine put this, you know, logo with the big bull type, like the Star yeah. Wars print scrolling up that he was fired, you know? Oh, I like that, the Star Wars. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what I thought. It, should, it, was start it, it actually should have been like that, that scrolling. Yeah, like, in a uh, chat room far, far away. So <laughs> lubricant was applied. And before the rebels could get in, they got naked and they masturbated. And this is the story of the, you know, whatever. But it's like, come on, this is... There's actually, to be totally blunt, there's a part of me inside that believes this is what some of this is the some of the shit that's missing from rock and roll. You know, 100%. with all this cancel culture and the the Dixie Chicks and now the Chicks and Lanny, Lady Annabellum's now Lady A and the, I mean, come on, it's like okay, so the offensive part of the Dixie Chicks was the Dixie part. And not calling women chicks. I mean, come on. It's like, I, I don't get it. I, I, Dixie is just a term. It's not even racist. It's just a, it's just a, a, a geographical sort of buzzword for a region. <laughs> you know, I mean, but chicks to me, I would never go ah, up to like chicks. a grown woman and go, you know, you're a pretty nice chick. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I think that's demeaning. And so they picked to choose. You know, they they chose the more demeaning side of those two terms. But whatever, man. And I don't think it's good for any sort of uh, attitude in rock and roll. I think rock and roll should have an edge. It should even be rebellious. Yeah. It should be about sort of abandonment of sexual mores. Um, that's always been what rock and roll's been. I've always liked and Satan in rock. I mean, I... You've always liked what? Satan? I, I, I like the oh, devil well, in music, yeah. Well, you know, you, you, you forgot to say, you know, our Lord and Savior. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Our Lord and Savior Satan. You can't use yeah. his name without giving him credit, dude. Come on. You're going you're gonna to wind up in heaven. Oh, my you God. No, that, that sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, how did how did you uh, end up being in the Cruzados? How did that whole thing come together? Well, it's interesting because you know Mark, the the most recent addition, even though it's going on years now, guitar player who's thank God fit in perfectly and is just such a great guy and player. He had okay. I'll back up even further. Back in the in the early eighties around L.A., there was a really big band, great band called the Cruzados. Cruzados were like a bluesy kind of, you know, cool rootsy kind of bass rock band that originated, that emanated from a punk rock band called The Plugs. And The Plugs were in, were coming out in the heyday of all the great LA clubs with like the Blasters and Los Lobos and uh, Butthole Surfers and Dwight Yoakam and all these other bands, early, early 80s. They evolved in Cruzados, got a record deal on Aris, they had a couple of successful records. And then it just, like a lot of these things, fell apart, you know, around 86, 87. Never to be heard of again. Um, really nice guys in the band. One of the greatest drummers of all time, this guy, Charlie Quintana, who wound up playing in Social Distortion for years. Just a monster fucking drummer. Really good players, really super nice guys, down to earth. Right? So the bass player was this guy, Tony Morsico. The real two main guys in the band were Tony and this guy, Tito Lariva. They were the two. Tito wound up moving to Austin. Tony's here. 
he turns out to be a session player for like a touring guy with like Roger Daltrey, Willie Nelson, Neil Young, Michael oh, wow. Sweet, um, just just a million people. Great player, super chill, great guy. Tony decides he wants to kind of resurrect the name and do a tribute kind of thing to kind of resurrect the vibe of the band. He calls up Tito, the bass player. Tito says, well, I don't want to be involved, but you have my blessing, you know, and it's all going to be kind of in the memory of Marshall Rohner, guitar player, and Charlie, who passed away a year or so back. So Tony calls up Mark because they had played together. And Mark said, well, you need a singer? Yeah, I do need a singer. He goes, well, you should call Ron. He's like, yeah, you think you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he loves the band, loves you. Yeah. So I, I was like, Tony, I'm totally down. I, I like the band. And he had a whole like 20 songs sitting in a can waiting to go. And I recommended Rob, the drummer that plays in my little soul cover band to play drums. And then Tony, funny, Lauren and Lil Caesar used to roadie for the Crusados back in the 80s to pay his bills. So him and Tony have been friends for years. And he said, well, would would it be weird to have the two guitar players from Lil Caesar? I'm like, no, dude, they're both. Lauren's got a punk band. I've seen him in all these other kind of bands. He'd be really good. I'm telling you, he's a great rhythm player. And it doesn't weird me out at all. So we just got together in a room, dude. And it was just so much fun. And it was magical. And Tony had great songs. And um, we were down rehearsing at where Caesar records uh, and our really good friend, Bruce, Bruce Wickens studio called Unison. And he was listening to what we were doing. He's like, dude, you guys need to make a record of this. This is great. So we just like two days later started, you know, recording everything. And the record went really quick. And Dave Alvin from the blasters is on it. Dave Hildago from Los Lobos, uh, John Doe from X is on it. Gia Chambati from Bruce Springsteen, Melanie Vaman from the Pandoras and the Muffs, Buck Johnson plays with Aerosmith, Greg Kuhn from TSOL. They're all wow. friends with Tony because he's such a pretty guy. broad base, man. Yeah, and it's just a good, rootsy, bluesy, straight ahead, traditional classic rock and roll kind of thing. And, and, and you um, are a, a singer very similar in style as far as like tonality to to Tito. I I, I think you're probably yeah. Stronger, you know it's funny but... because I, you know when I, I told Tony I said I, I want to sing these songs and be really true to Tino Tito's kind of approach. And Tony's like, no, nah, dude, just do your thing. And I'm like, no, this whole thing is supposed to be about. So I try to bring it more up into a little bit more nasally tone because Tito sang from his what's called the head voice a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, adopt his phrasing and be reverent. That's the whole point of this is to be reverent to like Motorcycle Girl and, and you know, Better Lies and all all of their hits that we're doing in the set. And uh, it and it sounds really good. The band is vibrant and energetic and the songs are really good. And we got a whole lot of good stuff happening. People are really excited about it. People have heard the record are like, damn, dude, this is great. So. We're dropping a, uh, an ad for the album that's coming out in August tomorrow, and it's a really great visual thing. So that's coming out. And then, yeah, the record's going to hit like late August. And, um, you know, we got a bunch of Tony's old friends asking if we want to come do some support shows. So we're hoping to get out with, we try to get on, and we're trying to get on the Los Lobos Blasters and X show at the Pacific Amphitheater. It's like they're all playing on the record. That'd be perfect. But I think I think the the bill's too packed already, so it's not going to happen. But um, 
Yeah, so it's it's a it's just a really fun. It, it saved our sanity in a pandemic. You know, we went in there and we just kind of all went to corners of the room and wore masks while we were playing, and it wasn't so bad. You know, okay. I didn't wear a mask because I had to sing, but you know, you have your own little booth that you sit in, right? Well, of course. Well, it's more like a throne that people carry <laughs> me around, in, but it's it serves it serves. If I if I cock the corners, it, it serves as a as a germ free booth as well. Yeah. And, and you said uh, late August that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Like August twenty third is now the plan. We've shot two videos already for tracks on the record. I'm going to shoot a third one in a couple of weeks. So there's going to be lots of videos. And I know that comes fall of twenty twenty two. We'll be over with in Europe with that. And now we're just with things starting to wake up. We're trying to. We were offered some shows with that band Fastball, Ooh. who uh, Tony's been friends with for years, and John Doe from X is doing some shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunny. I love it. I yeah. actually enjoy that song quite a bit. Yeah, it's a catchy little tune, and and they're super nice guys. And you know that's that's the thing. You know, as years go by, there's there's easygoing guys in the music business, and then there's pains in the ass. You know, and the notorious ones people kind of know of. But there's a whole lot of just really great, easygoing, down-to-earth people. And those people collect and they get together. And when they see each other, it's warm and it's friendly. Nice. And we exchange war stories. And we all support each other. And that this is one of those projects. Just we know so many people. And we have so many people, you know, kind of trying to support this thing. Because they think it's a great idea. And they're, they're, they've heard the record and they really like it. And it's it just gives us all a warm feeling, you know. So it's nice. And and Little Caesar in September is heading to uh, Europe, and yeah, that's going to kind of go into October. Yeah, we got the M three big M three festival coming up. Oh, here forgot about that. 4th. Yeah, that's actually very yeah. soon. Yeah, so that's real soon. That's the first. That's our first little thing out. Nice. And then we got a couple of shows with like Junkyard coming up in in town. Actually, Crusaders are playing one night with Junkyard, and Caesar's playing with Crusade, uh, with Junkyard one night. And then we've got uh, like a one-month-long tour of Europe. And then we got the, the Monsters of Rock Cruise in February. And then we're going to start filling in stuff in the next few weeks as all this stuff is opening up because we're all itching and dying to go. And back to the Cruzados, when, when you shot some videos, uh, I know the record comes out in August, but like we'll, we'll hear some music before then, right? Yes. There'll be probably, we'll probably drop the first video come probably middle of next month in July or probably in July. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's a cool look for the cool ad that's coming out tomorrow morning. Um, hold on. My dogs are going crazy. I know they sound like my cat at six 30 in the morning. Yeah. Well, the, wait, wait, it, it gets better. Let's wait. This is awesome. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess this marks the end of the interview. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, as usual, always a pleasure, man. Um, but yeah, check out little uh, Ron Young's Little Caesar. We got uh, the Cruzado stuff coming out. And Ron, I, I always enjoy. This is only the second time we've talked, but it's it's just amazing. Uh, uh, you're you're very articulate and fun to talk to. You you know how to take a joke and give one back. That's why I was looking forward to this. 
Well, the feelings mutual. I had a great time last time we chat. It's just nice to talk about all these other things. And yeah, man, it's not like, it's good to be serious, but you can't take things too seriously. Right. And that's, that's like just called adulting, you know? <laughs> and, and, and we and didn't even bring safe. up going to Bed Bath & Beyond and selling out our, 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 our past or whatever. But. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, accessorizing one's lifestyle and in a pandemic <laughs> oh my god i've run out of room i've let my wife go crazy and she's filled up every square inch of tabletop and wall space over this pandemic oh i i could not relate more it has been <sighs> unreal uh, i i'll show you this this fun little anecdote uh now um during the the initial lockdown i was out of work for about i think four weeks she was out of work for about three months so <laughs> After I started going back to work, towards the end of like that period, she was like, you know, like we weren't seeing people. And when I came home, Ron, I was like, I was like treated like a lion, the the king of the jungle. Um, it was just like, yeah. And by the way, my wife, a, a very strong, independent woman. Uh, I'm not trying to demean her in any way. She was just so fucking bored that it was like, talk to me. Just right. say something, anything. I'm yeah. sitting here, so I. It was yeah. uh, it was, I, it was I, a I weird experience, it, man. This last year and a half, uh, when it comes to interpersonal dynamics on many levels, has uh, shined a big light on things and made people realize a lot of things. So it's uh, it's interesting. Well, I have nothing but best, uh, all the best for you and your wife and your your whole little ranch and your dogs, which clearly need your attention right now. Yes, they uh, they want their dinner. All so right, uh, Ron. Hey, up. thanks for calling me back. <laughs> My pleasure, Jason. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Okay, take care. Hi, this is Ron Young. I can't get to the phone. Please leave a message and I'll call you back as soon as possible. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 